0: The Marcus Cote Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Cote. Hey guys, welcome back to today's episode in the podcast. Today I'm joined by Alex Winwood, who is a personal boxer. It was an unreal chat, lots to unpack. Alex has achieved so much in his career so far, but I'll Leave that for you guys to listen to in the chat. Thanks again for his time, Alex. Welcome to the Marcus Cope fitness Podcast, Alex. Thank
1: you for having us, A. Eh? Really appreciate yeah, no it. It's a pleasure
0: to have you on. Obviously, I first want to congratulate you on your flight that's just been recently done. 10 rounds, I'm sure, it would have been pretty tough for you, but well done for getting the job done in there as well. So, yeah, how was the experience for you as well?
1: Yeah, first off, thanks for that. Um, yeah the the experience was well needed. Uh 10 rounds is is not an easy day in the office. Um <laughs> like I was saying beforehand you don't get uh you don't get paid for doing overtime in boxing um and I definitely did all the hours that night. So uh he was a tough opponent and um I gained a lot of experience and a lot of confidence from that fight.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, Mario. Obviously, was he is he fifth? Was that right, ranked there? Yep. And then obviously yep. for yourself, is that thirteenth ranked where you are at the moment, or you gone up a little bit?
1: Uh so I was thirteenth by the WBC, twelfth by the IBF at the time. Yep. Um, now we're just kind of waiting for this month's uh, change in in the ranking, yep. so we'll we'll see where we end up after this.
0: No, awesome. That's great. Obviously, yeah. Obviously, achievements. here, yeah, I've I've pretty much written them down. It's a bloody. Um, great career so far for yourself. You've done a lot. So, obviously, a current WBC world rank, which obviously you just said then, w, uh, current WB International Light uh, Flight Champion, which obviously you just had another boxing match then, which you won, which was unreal. Obviously, 2020 yep. Tokyo Olympian and then 2022 Com Games and six time US Champion. Do you reflect on it a bit? Obviously, now what you've achieved, i as said, I'm sure there's plenty more to go for you as well.
1: Yeah, it's uh, pretty surreal. Uh just listening to what's been in the past and what I've accomplished like it's funny because, like as a as a as a boxer you you're not really um you don't have a season or anything like that, so it's like you don't have little wins to then get to a big goal it's like every fight happens and then that's in the past, and you just move on to the next thing yeah. um so you yeah, you really got to take a moment just to sit sit back and have a look at what you did achieve. Like the Olympics for me at the time, once it was over, like <clears throat> um, I kind of moved on a bit fast because it was, it was very heartbreaking. I was like, uh, you know, I didn't do what I wanted to do. But then after looking back, I was like, mate, that was my childhood dream to go to an Olympics and, and I made it there. And yeah, like now for me, it's very special. Yeah, I... I guess it just comes in time to, to have a look back on some things and especially the fight just went like yeah. it hasn't really sunk in yet. But, um, yeah, like that's just another milestone and achievement towards a big goal.
0: No, nah, that's unreal. Yeah, it's awesome that what you've done so far. And, yeah, as, as, there's plenty more to go for you as well. But obviously going back, obviously you were in a training camp. Was that in the U.S. previously before?
1: Yes, yeah.
0: How was that experience? Obviously, did you plan that obviously to go over there and prepare kind of for the um, for boxing at the moment?
1: Uh, it just so worked out, like um, two of my gym mates were having fights over in um, in America, so they were going for f- oh, just under six weeks, um, and then my fight would have been only three weeks later after they got back, and yeah. I wouldn't have had a coach the whole time, and um, yeah, I guess I just kind of said, look, I'm going to come along with, that's all right, and they was happy to have me, and yeah, it, it was the best thing for me.
0: Yeah, no, awesome. I suppose what things were you doing over there at the time as well? Yeah, so mainly when you're traveling abroad uh, for boxing,
1: it's what you really want to capitalize on is sparring. Sometimes you might do high-altitude training, like I've done that before in the past, but it doesn't have as much of a benefit as, like, say, you know, for your stamina as you like, as it's really worthwhile. So... Yeah, like we ended up sparring, I wouldn't even know, probably like 15 different sparring partners, maybe yeah. more um, in Las Vegas. And then I got to go to uh, Stockton, California and uh, spar a bit more there. So I really got to see what the international scene was like as um, people in my weight classes and things like that. So, yeah, yeah it, it was fantastic.
0: Yeah, it would have been a great experience for us. Did you get a little bit of travel in there at the time or or not too much?
1: Yeah, I had a look a bit around because I was in Vegas for five weeks. Oh, uh, nice. So, yeah, it's just a pretty crazy place to be. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I enjoyed it. D- didn't didn't have too much fun. But, um, yeah, like, a, you know, I knew I was there for business. But, yeah, I um, yeah, got to see the sights and whatever else. But Vegas is just a, a monster of its
0: own. Yeah, I bet it is. Going back now to the listeners, I would love to hear a bit of your backgrounds, where it all started for you, and yeah, how how you got into boxing.
1: Yeah, so I sound like I broke a record because I've told this story a fair few times. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: have.
1: yeah uh, so I got into boxing because my coach started to come to the high school and do like a boxing session a week with a couple of classes. Um and he was looking for some people to kind of go into his gym after, after hours and find some boxes to train um, potentially for fights um, if they wanted to, so choose on to, to go through that route. Um, so I did like three sessions or two sessions um, in one of them classes and then ran into him during the school holidays. Um, he goes for walks and I was riding a skateboard and called me up and said, what are you doing, mate? Do you want to come down to the gym? And then I popped down there and, kind of never left uh yeah. and did my whole amateur career with uh my coach at the time brian satori and he got me to an olympics and prepared me all the way up to the commonwealth games essentially and that's when i made the move and uh moved over to queensland from perth um and now training under Angelo Hyder. Yeah. uh who used to train danny green and now trains in maloney so i kind of always knew in the back of my mind that if I did turn pro that I'd I'd come to this gym and yeah so I, I made the move just before the Commonwealth Games and then yeah I've been here just over a year and a half now.
0: Yeah awesome. Do so you still keep con- in contact with Brian a bit as well? I'm sure he would have been a great mentor for you.
1: Yeah I talk to him like every other day essentially like yeah. he's a father figure to me like he's, he's not just a boxing coach like the Probably the only reason why I stuck around in boxing was just to, you know, have his company and be around him essentially. And boxing is how we bonded. And, yeah, so I don't see a time that is never going to be in my life.
0: People growing up watching boxing, did you have many ones you were watching or was there any other mentors that you actually looked up to as well? I didn't really enjoy watching boxing for a while until, like, <laughs> maybe the last two
1: years where... Some there's been some good fights being put on, but like more so just having to uh, you know expand my repertoire and and, and knowledge of the game. So um, yeah, I guess my whole amateur career, I just I would only watch the big fights that was the pay per views that even non boxing fans would go watch, and I'd be like, oh yeah. But in terms of like looking at the scene all the time, I just had no interest in it.
0: Not even in the amateur scene. But yeah, so. No, that's good. And that's in our uh, coaching staff, how many would you guys have as, as your team?
1: In the amateurs, I pretty much just had like domestically would have uh my home coach Brian. Um and then maybe one other person given a water or potentially taking care of cuts. Yeah. Uh and we'd just kind of choose a mate on the day. You know, once you've been around enough, like everyone helps each other out, et yeah. cetera. Uh, but we never had an assistant coach. Um, and now that I'm in professionals, so my head coach, Angela Heider, he'll be in the ring with me. And then um, we've got a few assistants in the gym, um, yeah. Tony Nobbs, Uh But when I fly to Perth most of the time, so uh, a guy named Dale over there helps us out in the corner. With the cuts and Danny Green gives me the water. So yep. pretty much in, in the in my corner for my fights is yeah, Angelo Greeny and um Dale.
0: Yeah, no, awesome. That's good. I'm sure obviously having a big team and obviously people that you trust is, is gonna be obviously what well needed in in those in, in those sports and the boxing that, that you do as well. So I'm sure like obviously creating a good culture and team environment would be very handy for yourself as well. Yeah, definitely preparation as an athlete now obviously that's something that my my industry is obviously being a personal trainer strength and conditioning coach obviously how big it is for an athlete to prepare but preparation for you obviously I'm sure you have to stay ready most of the season obviously I'm sure different fights come about as well so how do you stay ready and I suppose what is your gym routine and maybe running sessions looking like at the moment
1: yeah so essentially I've, that's all I've ever done is like never stayed away from the gym too long um, I had maybe a fortnight rest after my last fight. Um, yeah. And then just getting back into the gym and kind of doing some lighter rounds um, on the on the pads and on the bags and things like that. No, yeah. no kind of heavy bag work because that takes a pretty big toll on, on all your joints and things like that. So, yeah. And no sparring either at the moment. Yeah. That that won't happen until we kind of got like a fight locked in. Yeah. Um, yeah, just some lighter runs essentially the, the next few weeks. Um, I did my first five k yesterday, and yep, my legs pulled up pretty sore today. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I'm looking to go like jump on the bikes and and get in the pool a little bit more. Yeah. because um, a boxing camp might go for like twelve, eight to twelve weeks. Yeah. Um and they're pretty full on, and, like, it's, there's, there's probably a lot of damage that you can't see done to the body. So, it, like, I've always been a bit more cautious and weary to just go, all right, well, my body does need a rest, yeah. and I, I need to let it have a have a bit of a break because, yeah, I think getting to 10 years in the sport, and I know that, like, I've been blessed not having a bad injury.
0: yeah,
1: um, And I, I don't – I kind of want to – you know, make sure that I have that durability in my body and, and things like that. So I know just to be a little bit more smarter now and, and not to go full ham like you used to and yep. get back in the gym and try spar straight away and things like that. Like you end up taking a, a lot of punches, um, not in the fight, but in the lead up to the fight. Um in all the sparring matches, like with I'm sparring like ten rounds three times a week or yeah, ten to eight rounds three times a week. So you end up, you know, taking a lot of punishment and just need to pull back a little bit and let the body heal itself.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, I think it's a great point as you just spoke about obviously understanding the body. I think it's it's as an athlete, I'm sure it is obviously knowing what what to push and pull away at certain things, which yeah, I think that's obviously everyone that probably should understand a bit of their body on certain certain days. The things do happen as well, obviously in life as well, but yeah, obviously, obviously also recovery, I'm sure is a massive thing as you just spoke about then for yourself. So do you what what do you normally do for recovery so you spoke about the pool and things like that is there a certain routine you have or is there little ways you like to use your recovery as well yeah so in terms
1: like i go by how i feel really yeah i don't i don't have a recovery schedule but i feel like i know myself pretty well by now to know when when i need to go like get a massage whether it's like once a fortnight or go to the recovery pools if I'm feeling quite sore. Uh, so we got like a, what they call rigs recovery up here and it's a hot and cold Epsom salt bath and they've got the infrared saunas, et cetera. And yeah. the, I forget what they call it, the big compression leg pants. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah things like that. Um, even like just like warm baths with, with your salts and stuff like that. But we do pretty much like one hard day, one easier day in terms of training. So like Monday, Wednesday, Fridays are going to be – or Monday, Wednesday, Saturdays are going to be our harder days. And then Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays are going to be a little bit less. So I think before I used to back two days up and then have a Wednesday calm down but um, or essentially off. But I think this is a better way to kind of alternate training right? Yep. where I can continue to train through six days a week, but I'm not doing damage, like, for two days and then having to have a full day off where, yeah.
0: No, that's it. it's a great insight, Dan. The listeners obviously get a bit of an understanding of, of what it's like as as a boxer and, how I suppose, how the schedule works kind of thing as well. So, yeah, thanks for providing that as well. And, um, obviously, when it gets closer to a fight for yourself, if things start ramping up a little bit, well, I suppose they back off a little bit as well. Obviously, depends, I'm sure, on schedules and things like that for you as well.
1: Yeah, so pretty much like up until the last, say, two weeks before a fight, like we're essentially just trying to go, you know, balls to the wall and hard as we can the whole way and um, just try to get them extra 1% out as, as much as we can. And then it's not until like the last eight to 10 days before about bout that we start to really pull back and – every day just gets less and less. And then essentially the week of the fight is just um, keep our weight in check. And um, yeah, like all the training's done and not to do too much damage to the body. I see some people, they continue to train pretty solid that week. And I, I can't understand their theory behind it, why they train hard that week or like, yeah, do harder, like, too much running in that. And I'm like, yeah. But for me, and what my coach gets us to do, is like, well, we've done all the work. We just need the body to sit in idle. We need, just need to keep it ticking over a li- enough so then we're not trying to come off like a two-day rest or anything like that. But um, that uh, we're ready to fire and just get yeah. our weight right. That That's essentially like the whole last week.
0: Yeah, no, awesome, that's great there. Um I was just yeah, touching on the weight, then I suppose how do you go with the, the weigh-ins and the weight cuts kind of thing for yourself?
1: Yeah, it's not fun, but um <laughs> it's it's all a part of the game. Um everyone else has to do it, so like I go through the fight dietitian, mainly for my nutrition. Uh he's they've been really good. Um, they helped me I ne- haven't made the weight before, so definitely made sure I had the best in the business and yeah. They made sure that I got there and got on the scales nice and well. So yep. um I felt like I made this weight quite quite good compared to how I probably would have done it by myself. Yeah, so like you essentially the whole camp of the twelve weeks you're trying to diet to get as much fat off as possible. And then your last week that's when you go into like your weight manipulation where you're either losing you're losing your water weight you're cutting your fiber and your salt and stuff that out so
0: yeah no it's a, it's a great insight there as well and i'm sure it'd be definitely hard and i don't know if i'd definitely be able to do it there as well so yeah, <laughs> um, it's uh yeah it's good to obviously hear uh from you how how it kind of works as well so it's great moving on now to representing australia at the olympics this is obviously something big and um incredible for what, what you've done how important and how, how much does it mean to you as well obviously representing at the olympics
1: yeah, like, it's very hard to, to put into words, really. It was very special to me, like, it would have been great to have a crowd there, but COVID was what it was and, and the Olympics was what it was. But um, I think every time I've put on the dolls shirt and, and represented Australia, it's just, it, it's a, it's an achievement in itself and it's it makes me feel very patriotic to be yeah. to to be from australia like every time i go overseas it just makes me appreciate this country that much more um we're very very fortunate to to have lived here and um call australia home so um it just yeah gives me the appreciation to know that i'm from the best country in the world
0: no nah, that's that's unreal it's a it's a great achievement what you've done and i'm sure it was something of growing up for yourself that you have a goal of yours to get there so credit to you and I'm sure that obviously yeah there's more obviously Olympics coming up now that you'll be able to get to and yeah how it was like when obviously the COVID times was the village a bit different I suppose set up or I don't know if it was were you able to I suppose still interact with all the other Aussies that that were there as well and
1: yeah like we we was allowed to like gather and sit down and hang out whatever else but just like the protocols of like wearing masks and yeah when was in the dining hall it was like the only real time that was kind of like had like a barrier up and had to sit like where the barriers were and et cetera. So and wear gloves and whatever else, like when we're eating food. So it was a little bit um a little bit strange and things like that. But I I do reckon it would have been a lot better without um it would have been so much better without COVID. Like Japan would have been unreal to to go around and whatever else. But they were in state of emergency, so we couldn't leave the village. Yeah, and obviously they didn't have a crowd, so it was it was a bit of a letdown because I imagined this games to be like so full on and intense, and then we competed in an empty stadium. It felt like a glorified sparring match, essentially.
0: <laughs> no, that's all right. I'm sure the next Olympics you'll get there, and you're about to uh, get all the atmosphere and about to travel a bit more around, which know you'll be right for that as well. Yeah. Moving on now, your culture. I love hearing about Indigenous culture. So how important is that to you? And So do you want to just give a list of space whereabouts you're from as well?
1: Yeah, so I'm from Perth, uh, originally from Bunbury. Yep. Uh, we are the Noongar Wadjuk Nation uh, from Perth. So, yeah, that's like the Noongar Nation essentially runs from Albany, say 400Ks, maybe a hundred Ks past Perth. So uh, we're one of the biggest tri- uh, indigenous tribes there are in Australia. But yeah, so I think, you know, I wear it on my skin. It's like, it's always been a part of me. It's, it's, it's my identity. Like, yeah, it's, it is who I am. And I don't, really couldn't um, couldn't imagine my life without having that identity really. It's it's a very special thing to to have to have our culture and um, yeah, especially when I go overseas and get to represent my country. um, I get to tell my story and things like that. So yeah, it's it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, that's unreal. And yeah, representing Australia, it would mean a lot to you as well. And I'm sure, as I said, your family, friends, yeah, it would obviously mean a lot to them. Um,
1: I just want to do what I want to do, get in, get out of the game, and have all my